So this is a new talk for me. I just finished putting this together this morning um, because the work that's in the show is the first time that I haven't done porcelain work um, with celadon glazes on it. And so I'm strictly focusing on these stoneware pieces with um, this dark steely finish. Um, I just have 14 um, slides to show you with a couple pictures in each slide. And I'll talk about uh, the things that made imprints on me when I was a young kid and how it affected uh, the work that I make. And then I'll show you some things that I'm interested in now that also affect uh, how I make things. Um, I, I probably won't go into the stuff I learned while I was in school. I was uh, paying a lot of attention and uh, trying to learn as much as I could about how to make things work and about function. Um, and also I was being taught by my professors on how to um, kind of sort through the things that interested me and how that would eventually make an appearance in my work. Um, so anyway, uh, the painting on the left is a Rockwell Kent painting. And I grew up in uh, South Central Massachusetts in tobacco country. And there were tons of tobacco farms going up and down the Connecticut River Valley. And um, I, I grew up right on the edge of these beautiful pastoral landscapes that you like you see on the left. Um, for me, the tobacco barns, they were so simple and so functional, but they were like these big, beautiful monoliths on the landscape. And pretty much everywhere I drove in, in the countryside to kind of get away from life, I would see these really beautiful, simple structures. Uh, the reason why I have the Rockwell Kent painting is not just because it's a, um, a New England landscape, but he also traveled from New England to faraway places like Alaska and Greenland and Newfoundland. And I especially love these night paintings because I think at night is when a lot of beautiful colors happen. And most often people aren't looking at those colors. I know I didn't for a long, long time. And eventually in college, I worked mainly at night. And so I spent a lot of time outside uh, looking at um, all the subtleties of colors that would happen at those times. And so even though um, those two jars on the right, they're not like these long horizontal tobacco barns, I really think the simplicity of them was influenced by the landscapes I, or by the um, architecture that I looked at, looked at when I was growing up. And then um, that steely finish, I think right now it looks pretty flat, but if you look at it up close, there's all these subtleties and color variation. It goes anywhere from like a lighter burgundy to a dark burgundy to a steel color. And so again, it kind of reminds me of like a nighttime uh, landscape. Uh, parts of my summers were spent um, on Cape Cod. And this lighthouse on the left was right down at the end of the beach that we spent uh, two weeks every year at. And these pieces of architecture, I always thought were so beautiful because they were so simple, basically cylinders and boxes and angles all put together. Uh, to serve a purpose. And they were such uh, simple structures, but they were so powerful in the job that they had to do was to keep people alive. And I always imagine wanting to live in one of these. I just find them to be such um, strong presence on these flat landscapes. And so that piece on the right is a uh, salt cellar. And uh, for me, I can definitely see in how when I put together shapes, it, it definitely starts to take on um, an appearance of 
the lighthouses that I looked at when I was a, a young kid. For me, children's books when I was a child were really important. Um, I grew up in a family of artists um, going back several generations. And so it seemed as if the children's books that were picked out for me were really pretty incredible. And this author in particular, I, I loved her work. And animals played a really important role in the daily life, lives of the human beings that the books were about. And the paintings were not overly manipulated. Uh, they were oftentimes kept very, very simple. If you look at the way this goose was rendered, just simple lines create a, a big ruffle of feathers. And I kind of approach making the birds on my work in a similar manner where um, if I were to head down towards the road of super realism, there's not a lot of room for flexibility at times in terms of expression. And so I think if, if I can keep it a little bit more minimal, it, it allows for more interpretation. This is another book that I grew up with um, called Dead as a Dodo. And the book actually was, made me pretty sad, but I, I love the bright colors and I, I always loved the figure of the dodo. Um, basically the dodo found out that he was uh, written about in books as extinct. And so he went, he flew to England to um, make his case and they decided to throw him off Big Ben. It was kind of like a, a witch, witch hunt. And it just, to me, it just, that, that kind of behavior, um, it was painful um, to look at that book as a kid, but eventually it had a, a positive ending. But I think it just made me think about how people, because they're different, can be treated so poorly. Um, so I, I think because of this book, when I started making birds, I, I eventually gravitated towards making dodo birds because again, we don't have a lot of representations of what they look like, so I can uh, make changes the way I see fit in terms of their expression. And I also like the idea of making them look like they're flying, like um, the bird did in this book, in order to escape from the people who wanted to throw them off Big Ben. I figured I'd talk about these now so I don't, um, or these particular pots now so I don't end up the lecture on a sad note, but um, a few years ago I started, I, I would end up with a lot of leftover birds of pots that um, weren't successful. And so I started gluing these little celadon birds on these darker pots. And um, it coincided with, um, there was that race up Bird Ridge and that young boy Jack had an unfortunate encounter with a bear. And you know, there's lots of bad things on the news on a regular basis, but I think that story in particular really um, shook the community immensely, as well as I did. Um, I'm a hiker and occasionally I'll run into people I've never met on the trail and for some reason I, I remember them. And I had run into him and his moms and his siblings on the trail uh, probably a year before. And I, I just, the idea of a parent losing a child like that um, is pretty uh, painful to think about. And I think anyone who loses someone untimely, whether it be through a tragedy or just a relationship ending, it, it's, it's pretty painful. And on an occasion, um, whether it be a memory or something like that, um, it, it's like a visitation 
And so it's kind of like a spirit, whether and however you'd like to look at it. Um, but it can make a person feel whole again when they have a thought or a memory come back of someone who's no longer there. And so um, this jar on the left, um, no specific function. I usually refer to them maybe as a salt cellar or a sugar jar. But um, I refer to these ones with the birds, the celadon birds glued, glued on to them as uh, the kind of a visit, visitation series. And so these, both of these are in the show here. These are the most recent ones. Um, I'm now actually making these birds specific for each jar instead of just pulling them out of a pile. And I really am trying to pay attention to the composition and how these birds fit underneath the neck of the bird that's actually on the lid. Um, so some interest, so some things that I'm interested in more recently, um, this is a Danish chair that was designed by Niels Mahler. I'm actually sitting in one of those chairs right now. Um, I, I've really come to love Danish furniture design. And what inter interests me quite a bit about it is where they decide to leave these junctures and where they join wood together and where, how they sand it down. And so within the last year or two, I've been actually taking these large blocks of clay and, and uh, fitting them onto the side to either house a spoon for salt or sugar or for one of these uh, birds. Um, but just joints in general, like this little joint right here, it's so simple, but it's really quite elegant. And I love how these grains of wood kind of shift directions. And um, so I've got um, these subtle textures on the jar that result from removing clay or trimming clay off. And then these lines over here are made with a sure form because I actually sand that clay down with a sure form or it looks like a cheese grater. And so I've got these subtle textures that are kind of like grains of, or like wood grain. I've always been interested in automobiles since I was a kid. My father had an MGA and my uncle had a Morgan plus four uh, English automobiles. And I think I lost that interest um, through my 20s and 30s once I got into making art. And then in my 40s, of course, I started looking at automobiles again. And so when I go to cities, I try to visit car museums. And most recently, I went to Oxnard, California and found this museum that had a huge collection of uh, French automobiles from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And at that time, an automobile company would make the chassis and then the buyer would hire someone else to make the body. And so these artisans, these amazing artisans would handcraft these bodies by hammering uh, sheets of metal onto forms. And usually when I'm making things in the studio, it's more of a kind of intuitive organic process where I'm, I'm just making changes to forms and make a series and things slowly change and emerge. In this case, I saw these fenders and I said, I'm going to make jars based on those fenders. And so I went home and I did a series of drawings and uh, these are two of the results here where I took two fenders and joined them together. I mean, there's still a, a direct relationship to forms that I looked at um, from Chinese pottery and American pottery, but you can definitely see those French automobiles in these two pieces here. I've always been interested in eating food, and this is a, a dish on the left from a restaurant that I ate at in California in March. And um, I, I'm 
the piece on the right is meant to be a serving dish and um, just kind of a little, little bit of humor, these little birds ready to, getting ready to eat someone else's food. Um, but I, I kind of like the idea of this uh, stark black surface and maybe having something bright and colorful being served on it with these birds surrounding it. Um, I have a large collection of these native bird carvings, a lot of them from King Island and some from St. Lawrence. Um, I talked with a carver a few years ago um, who actually grew up on King Island and he told me that um, he grew up in a um, Stone Age culture where they did have a, a priest who lived there, but he basically left uh, most people alone and let the villagers practice their own form of storytelling. And so it was just interesting. It, I, it, I all of a sudden realized that I was talking to this guy who was probably about 10,000 years old. I mean, I don't think we have a chance to talk with someone from a culture that's that old who is that directly associated with something that old. And I always thought these birds, the first time I saw them, they had a certain kind of wisdom to them. They had this really long, long history embedded in their um, carving. Um, so th those have been a big influence. And of course, living in Alaska and being able to see Alaskan birds. Um, right now I'm focusing on cormorants and um, emperor geese, uh, and then with a few dodos and black vultures uh, thrown in there. So this is the last image, and yes, I think I'm at about 15 minutes. So um, during the pandemic, it, it gave me a, a lot of time to look more closely at, closely at the things that I was making. And um, in the evenings, I would try to get out and, and hike. And, um, and so one evening, I went down to Portage, and uh, I got there late, and everyone was gone. So I was in front of the glacier by myself. and this big chunk of ice was the piece that came off the following day that um, you probably might have seen on social media. But so the left piece was directly influenced by my time there. And instead of it looking like ice, it looks like a, a chunk of steel. Uh, but this piece here, I think, kind of best collects all the things that I think about and I'm interested in. Um, Asia, thanks again for inviting me to have a show at the Ben Al Street Gallery. I, I've had shows in the past a long time ago, and I always love that space. And, um, and so I think it's one of the most beautiful galleries in Alaska. And David, I'm honored to show with you. I've always admired your work since you came up here, and I um, enjoyed uh, teaching with you. And you were such a good professor with the students. So I'm honored to be showing with you. Thank you. So thank you, everyone, for spending time on a Friday night um, during the holiday weekend. So thank you.